Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 16th of January, 2023, the 23rd of Tevet, 5783. Coming to you this morning from beautiful Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel, just south of Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. Now, the first part of the show, or the majority of today's show, a lot of it is essentially copy-paste from last week's program, and that is because another rally was held in Tel Aviv, an anti-government rally. Some claim that the reason for 80,000 or so people gathering in Tel Aviv was the proposed judicial reform by the new Israeli government. But if you listen to the next 15, 20 minutes of the show, you will learn that it's not just about that. And some of the rhetoric used by some of the participants in this demonstration, protest, rally, whatever you want to call it, this past Saturday night in Tel Aviv is pretty frightening. But I want to start with an article uh, by the Jewish press. David Israel uh, writes... In the uh, Jewish Press, you can find it online, jewishpress.com. And I think this is a genius summary of the rally which took place on Saturday night. So bear with me. I'm going to read the entire article because I think it's important. Um, There's news reporting here mixed with commentary. And I think this is an important, very important article understanding some of the hypocrisy by many of the demonstrators who came out. Uh, This is, you know, it's really genius, this article here. So here here it goes like this. Around 7 p.m. Saturday night, all news channels reported the police numbers, those who were at the rally, according to which some 15,000 demonstrators braved the pouring rain and arrived in front of Habima, the National Theater which has become the site for political rallies after the city closed off Rabin Square for public works. It's going to be one of four underground stations of the new train's green line. All good and dandy. Again, 7 p.m., 15,000. And then at 7.30, the number somehow jumped to 80,000. And David Israel says it had to be divine intervention. God parted the 15... Thousand strong rally and added 65,000 with a seamless swoosh. I guess you had to be there. There was an additional 1,500 demonstrators in Jerusalem in front of President Isaac Herzog's private residence, a few hundred in Haifa. Regardless of the numbers, the people were well behaved and there were very few confrontations with the police. Some 200 people tried to storm the Ayalon Highway and block traffic, but were repelled by police. It's not clear what the demonstration was about. As I said when I opened the show today, its stated goal was to protest Justice Minister Yariv Lavin's justice system reform, which an abundance of left-wing politicians, media folk, and active and retired members of the justice system had been presenting as the impending death of, his, of Israel's democracy. And you hear that a lot the, the, these days from these so-called uh, left-wing or liberal 
figures in the media, entertainment, politicians. It's the end of democracy. David Israel continues. But here's the thing, though. The Lapid government, that's our last government here in Israel, was planning to institute several changes in the justice system that were very similar to Levin's proposed reform. Lapid's justice minister, Gideon Saar, issued his plan for reforming the judicial system, which included three main sections, splitting the role of the attorney general, establishing a commission for public complaints about the prosecutor's office, and a public hearing as part of the procedure for anointing, rather appointing judges to, or anointing, appointing judges to the Supreme Court. So, first question, why weren't there any demonstrations on the left against Yair Lapid's government and his proposed reforms to the judicial system? Why didn't anybody accuse that government of the impending death of Israel's democracy. There, there was silence. All right? So there's a first indication of the hypocrisy. The article continues, that's probably why Saar and Lapid did not show their faces at the demonstration Saturday night. It's hard to keep a straight face in the rain. Those politicians who did, who did show up were not what you call winners. <laughs> uh, there was Moshe Yatlon who organized the affair and hasn't seen the inside of the Knesset for years. There was Yair Golan, whose merits party was thrown into the trash heap of history last November. And then there was Mayor of Michaeli, who barely made it past the threshold vote with four mandates. She was heckled angrily by left-wingers who will never forgive her for betraying the merits party. Former Prime Minister Ehud Barak was there having, himse having himself uh, been thrashing about the same trash heaps of history. He hasn't been in elected office in 10 years. In other words, in short, as David Israel says, it was a collection of entitled Tel Avivians led by a slew of political has-beens who were angry at their countries being taken away from them by the majority, which, for the most part, does not reside in Tel Aviv. I did the math, he says, 2,304,964 Israelis voted for the coalition parties. In an election with 70.63% voter participation, and they didn't have to stand in the rain, it was a sunny November day. In other words, the people of Israel spoke, they spoke in November, with over 2 million voting for this for parties which make up this coalition. And they made their voices heard. When did they make their voices heard? On election day in November. Okay, now, of course, protesting and marching is legitimate. But what were they marching against? Really, judicial reform? Was that the real issue? Or is it that they just can't stand the fact that the right is in power, that Netanyahu, Ben Gvir, Smotrich, and the rest are in power, elected, as he says, in a, on a sunny day in November. And that is what I believe this is all about. So I think it was a, a very, very smart article which summarized the 
dare I say, phony excuse for coming out in the rain in Tel Aviv. Judicial reform when it's really all about sending this government home. This is about sour grapes over the election won by the right wing. Not about respecting democracy, but rather labeling those in control as fanatics because they don't fit the worldview of the demonstrators. So that's what happened Saturday night in a nutshell, but there is more. It doesn't end there. Listen to this. Times of Israel reported that National Unity Party Party leader Benny Gans, the former defense minister of the state of Israel, he vowed to continue to fight against the government's judicial restructuring plan after attending Saturday night's protest in Tel Aviv. So he was there. But listen to what he says. Listen to his quote. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to anyone who came tonight to this important protest. We will continue to act against this regime's coup and for reforms. Okay? He called the government of the state of Israel a regime. If I were to listen to our last defense minister, the government of Israel is a regime. Elections weren't held, and this was some sort of coup. And this explains what the so-called liberal liberal demonstrators are all about. Democracy only works for them when they are in power. Their hate is so strong for this government. I would think that we live in some third world country where there was a, you know, some sort of military takeover, a coup, which was carried out. That's what I would think with a new regime in charge. The hate is so strong for this government and for the right. And we said this last week, former High Court Justice Head Aram Barak, remember what he said. He said, if putting me to death would put an end to this drastic shakeup, I'd I'd be prepared to go before a firing squad. He'd rather die. He'd rather be shot. He said it himself. He'd rather be... He'd rather be in front of a firing squad than allow this government to rule here in Israel. But it doesn't end there, folks. It does not end there. The Jerusalem Post reported, the chairman of the Movement for Quality Government in Israel, a lawyer by the name of Eliad Shraga, called the demonstrators sons of light, implicating that the government were agents of darkness. He led the crowd in calls of freedom, equality, quality of government. Shraga called on President Herzog to declare that Netanyahu was unfit to serve as prime minister. And here's the bottom line. He called the demonstration the beginning of the counterattack. And I don't know about you, when I hear the word counterattack, To me, that implies violence. Are they calling for civil war? What is with this language? And where is the condemnation of language like this? Where is it? Crickets. Because these were the people that were in charge. These were the people that controlled this country, really up until 1977. And you can throw in the the Ehud Barak government and this last government. 
And now they're calling for a counterattack. Again, they're not getting into the specifics of what that means. But when I hear the word attack, counterattack, it sounds to me like they're calling for violence. And there's one more here. Another speaker included somebody by the name of Dan Netanyahu. Yes, first cousin of the prime minister. He said that his mother, Shoshana Netanyahu, Bibi's aunt, who herself served as a high court judge, would have opposed the reform had she been alive. He went on to say the following, this Dan Netanyahu. He said that many in Israel and in the world saw resemblance between the proposed reforms and the enabling act by Nazi Germany, which enabled them to overcome any legal barriers to their plan. This guy, this Netanyahu, compared the Israeli government to Nazi Germany. If the right would say anything like this, there would be outrage. And yet, this was part of the article in the Jerusalem Post. And here we are, uh, about, you know, almost 48 hours since that rally, since these statements were made, counterattack, attack uh, not enabling act by Nazi Germany. And what Benny Gantz said, regimes, coup. All of these statements made, and they get away with it. They're able to say it. I don't see any condemnation by the so-called liberals. Crickets on all of these things that were said. And who knows, maybe there was even more said. And of course... The waving of the PLO flag once again for the second week in a row. Folks, these aren't liberals. These are sour grape. I'll call them nutters for these quotes. Meshugana. Not everyone, okay? Not everyone there. There were actually people there. I understand. Protesting, not happy whether it's judicial reform or whatnot. But once you see the PLO flag flying, that is really what we're dealing with here. And it's, it's sickening and it's sad. And, you know, inside of me, you want to say freedom of protest, freedom to assemble and voice opinions. And I get all that and I have no problem with that. But look just a little bit deeper, even though all the headlines say this is about judicial reform, it's not. It's sour grapes and the hate and this type of language, which they're getting away with, is uh, this is actually pretty frightening. Pretty frightening. And I, you know, I know the president, Isaac Herzog, is trying to control the situation and prevent the divisive nature of this whole story. But somehow these people are able to get away with saying these horrible, horrible things. Nazi Germany, that's what they're going to compare this government to. And they're getting away with it. Um, and we'll see what happens. We'll see where, there's, where this goes, folks. Uh, this, is, this is really just the beginning. We'll see how far they take it. 
But, uh, you know, when they're not in power, democracy out the window. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu responded to the demonstration. According to Times of Israel, he said, we will complete legislating the reforms in a way that will correct what needs correcting, totally uh, protecting individual rights and restoring the public's faith in the justice system, which is so badly needed. And that's why the reforms are needed, Netanyahu said at the beginning of yesterday's weekly cabinet meeting. That was on Sunday. Netanyahu said that two months ago, as, as David Israel said in his article, millions of people took to the streets in order to vote in the election, and their voices should be heard as well. An attempt, that's a good point, an attempt to silence voices. Those voters who actually put this government in place haven't really had a chance to do much yet. But still, protests from day one and this hate rhetoric, which they are currently getting away with. So that's, you know, you want to go, want to know what's going on in Israel? Unfortunately, those are the top stories. That's what's happening here in Israel. But we'll move on here to other news as well, because our enemies from the outside are still at it, very much so still at it. Uh, the Jewish press reports a terrorist was killed on Sunday morning. An Arab terrorist was killed after he attempted to attack a group of IDF soldiers. It began when, when Arab terrorists began throwing rocks at an IDF position near Ofra in the Benjamin region. During the confrontation, one of the Arabs pulled out a knife and ran at the soldiers to stab them. The soldiers opened fire and killed the terrorists. No one was harmed. No Israelis were harmed in the attack at the same time. Um, various news agencies reporting that two terrorists were killed on Saturday morning after, after opening fire at Israeli troops from a passing vehicle near Janin. Troops returned fire and killed the bad guys. And if you look, the Israel haters on Twitter, if you look at what they're saying, you would think Israel simply gunned down two Arabs for fun while they were walking down the street. I'm never surprised, really, but it's amazing how people can lie so blatantly in order to throw Israel under the bus. Such lies on Twitter. And somehow now that I've decided to respond to those lies, when I open Twitter every morning, the first 50, 100 tweets are anti-Israel haters. Those are the tweets that pop up because now that I've decided to start responding to these people, that's what I see when I open Twitter, and I see lie after lie after lie about what's going on here. But sadly, a lot of people are going to take a look at that, and they're going to believe it to be the truth when it is, in fact, a bunch of lies. Uh, also, yesterday afternoon, and I know this firsthand, Arabs, uh, terrorists fired at an Israeli bus from Kiryat Arba, to Jerusalem, and miraculously, thank God, no one was hurt. But I saw images, I saw the pictures from the scene. This was actually a bulletproof bus, and you see the uh, the impact from the bullet right where the driver was sitting on his in his window. There you see the hole from the bullet, which thank God did not penetrate the bulletproof glass. Uh, but very, very scary that um, buses are coming under fire. I mean, I don't know who the passengers were in this case yesterday, 
But this could have been a bus full of kids. The Arab terrorists don't care. They are firing at buses. I hope that the IDF has already caught these guys. Hopefully there's a video with license plate numbers of those who fled the scene. Bullet casings were found. And again, thank God no one was hurt yesterday. Um, and please God, those who were responsible for this shooting attack, and whether it's in Gush Etzion or Hebron or the Shamron, um, please God, all the terrorists will continue to be caught. And the IDF is working around the clock to catch the bad guys. Just last night, I think the number is 19 wanted terrorists were arrested by the IDF and security forces uh, as part of this uh, operation Breaking the Wave, which has been going on now. Well, it's really been going on now for the last 100 years, but most recently when the uh, terrorists started this uh, latest murderous wave, uh, killing spree uh, in March of 2022. Some very sad news here, just tragic, terrible news. As JNS reports, an Israeli Kfir Brigade soldier, Denis uh, Zinovev of Petah Tikva, was killed and three others injured overnight Saturday in an accidental explosion on a military base in the Jordan Valley. The IDF reported on Sunday. According to a preliminary probe, the soldier who was killed found a grenade. I think it was a rocket-propelled grenade, perhaps, during a training exercise and brought it back to his room. They thought it was a dud. They thought it was a, maybe a dud or a spent shell or I don't know what. And apparently, he put it in a bag and the bag fell to the floor. The grenade detonated and an Israeli, uh, Dennis... Zinoviev, Zinovev, rather, of blessed memory, uh, was killed. Another soldier seriously wounded and two other soldiers wounded. So just a tragic, just such a sad and unnecessary and heartbreaking story here. Just an accident. But in fact, an idea of soldier was killed. And so we mourn for the loss of an idea of soldier. Um, very, very sad. We're, after all that, we're going to try to end on, on some uh, positive here. Uh, each and every day, Israel21C, the website, highlights all the amazing things that Israel contributes to the world in many different fields. In this case, it is uh, something important to me personally uh, because I have bad knees, at least my right knee. I've, you know, torn the ACL and meniscus and the whole deal from sports. So the headline here is new hope for people who need a new meniscus. Need is spelled K-N-E-E-D. Meet the future of meniscus replacement, a patient-specific artificial meniscus that delivers medication for healing and protection. So in, in 2019, Israel 21C reported on the world's first artificial meniscus called New Surface, N-U, and the word surface, made by the Netanya-based Active Implants Company. Okay, so they came up with this um, artificial meniscus, again, Israeli technology in 2019, and now the company is developing the next-gen uh, New Surface meniscus, 
which with the goal rather of bringing meniscus implants to an unprecedented level of performance. We're talking about custom sizing and drug delivery. In other words, you have this artificial meniscus put into your knee and I watched some of the videos here. It looks unbelievable, enhancing people's quality of life. People able to return to an active lifestyle after undergoing knee surgery and in this new in this latest uh innovation the artificial meniscus is put in and then drugs can be i guess inserted into i don't know exactly how it works drugs can be inserted into this meniscus or you know they're waiting in there and then you hit a button and the drugs are released to help with the short-term healing and another drug that helps with the uh, uh, within the first eight months, it says here, to delay development of cartilage uh, degeneration. So it's just an unbelievable thing here. You get them. It used to be you just get this artificial meniscus, and now they put the meniscus in, and I, and I, there must be like activated by a button, or maybe it's just automatic. I don't know how it works, but it releases medicine healing medicine into the body, into the knee. And that is the latest Israeli innovation. So anybody out there who's an anti-Israel BDS hater, once this new system hits the market, sit in silence, sit and suffer with your knee pain. Do not use, first of all, don't use the Israeli new meniscus, okay? You'd be a hypocrite. Secondly, do not use this advanced new meniscus, which assists in the healing process by releasing the drug and lowers your pain and does all this unbelievable stuff, delays development of cartilage degeneration. Do not use this system. Do not get one of these Israeli made menisci. Menisci, is that the plural of meniscus? Whatever. Don't use it. If you're a BDS anti-Israel hater, don't take advantage of what Israel is giving back to the world because then you would be a hypocrite. And you wouldn't want that, right? You won't be so popular at the next party of all your anti-Israel haters when you gather. If you report that you got a new meniscus, imagine that. I got a new meniscus. Where is it from? Well, I was made in Israel. You'll be thrown out of the party. You're not going to be welcome to the anti-Israel hate fest, the BDS party. Or I saw there were these uh, anti-Israel uh, demonstrations in Michigan because the vice president of the United States went to speak there and they came out calling for Antifada from the river to the sea. If you tell them you have an Israeli meniscus, I don't know what they're going to do to you. So don't get an Israeli meniscus. Sit quietly. I mean, if you want to kvetch, kvetch in pain, but stand and stick to your guns. Do not take advantage of this new Israeli technology. And that's going to do it for today for the 16th of January, 2023, another, another edition of Israel... <clears throat> Sorry, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com from Gush Etzion. It is the 23rd of Tevet, 5783, a cloudy day, expecting some rain here. Uh, hopefully, hopefully some rain here before it clears up by tomorrow. Get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find me on my website, joshhaston.com. 
be in touch. Let me know what you think of the show. Love it, hate it, any comments, questions, whatever you have, be in touch with me. Big shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes at the station at the Land of Israel Network. And most importantly, between now and when we speak again, please God, next Monday, everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Shalom, shalom from beautiful Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel. Have a great week, everybody. This week on Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow, an exclusive interview with actor and comedian Mark Schiff. Everybody loves a comedian, but everybody hates the dentist. Hear about his friendship with Jerry Seinfeld and other famous comedians, and his new book entitled Why Not? Lessons on Comedy, Courage, and Chutzpah. That's Mark Schiff on Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.